She's been living with that guilt for decades. Yeah, she didn't play at all in the whole series. And she shows up at the end. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Sanation. My name is Brandon Sparks. And I'm Thomas Horton. And since the beginning of April with COVID-19, uh, we kind of took a a different path for this month in terms of how we look at genre. Uh, We have been looking at the sports genre for the past month, and we've reached our final entry of the month. We've done a movie in baseball and football and basketball, and we originally didn't want to repeat a sport, or I didn't want to repeat a sport, but I really wanted to discuss a movie that kind of made me want to talk about the sports genre because when i pitched the timeless for this month this is like one i said i really kind of want to do this one but we kind of went went away from it uh for the first few episodes but i want to come back to it for the final entry and that's a league of their own um i have seen this a lot uh thomas when was the last time you probably saw this movie uh definitely back when i used to have cable yeah <laughs> um I, I this is one of those movies that i don't know that I, i've never sat down until like yesterday i've never sat down and said i'm gonna watch a league of their own yeah i turn it on and when it's on tbs and i and then i sit and watch a piece of it i i don't there, there's a there's a list of movies that i don't know that i've ever seen all the way through mm-hmm. and and a league of their own is definitely on there like i've seen pieces i've seen the whole movie and until 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 I sat down yesterday and watched it, I I had seen the whole movie several times, but in pieces. I had yeah. never like sat down and said start to end. This is a league of their own. Yeah, see, I, I that that happened a lot when I was growing up. Weirdly, because I think a league of their own like was a big childhood favorite of mine. I think because it was always on mm. cable, and the love for Tom Hanks made me want to watch it. But this is probably my favorite baseball film actually is a league of their own. And that's why this, this, this episode was kind of going to be, I hope it would be fun, but also was kind of going to be difficult for me. Cause the hard part was, was trying to separate my love for this movie and how to like, look at it critically, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I have a confession. I actually watched this twice to prep for this because I was like, when the first one came, I watched it the first time, and because I'd seen it so much, I probably wasn't paying attention that much. And I, I was like, I gotta watch it one more time. So I watched it last night again. So a league of their own, based on a, a real baseball league that was that was formed in the 1940s and the 1950s. It was formed, I believe, in 1943 and ended in 1954. So it lasted like I think it lasted 12 seasons. So way more than the XFL has. So the film tells a fictionalized story of the creation and first season of the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League, originally called the All-American Girls Softball League, because uh, the owner in the movie, it's uh, a man named, um, it's Harvey is the first name. Mm-hmm. I'm, blank, I'm blanking on his. No, I think uh, his last name's Harvey, right? His last name's Harvey. Because it's like Harvey Wal- Bars. Wal- Walter Harvey. Yeah. The real person was uh, Philip Wrigley the owner who was a, a chewing gum magnet and at that time. And he wanted to open uh, all girls baseball league to kind of make money. Since majority of the, the, the base, major male baseball players were all fighting overseas in world war two. So the owners created this alternative for baseball 
women all over the country uh, tried out, and I'll, I'll probably talk more about the league later on. But the movie, A League of Their Own, follows two of these women, two sisters, Dottie Henson and Kit Keller. Henson is this outstanding catcher whose husband is away fighting in the war in the Pacific. And Kit is her young sister, always living in her shadow, but this like underdog, kind of firecracker like pitcher. She has kind of a temper, but always kind of feels insecure because of who her sister is. They live in Oregon and they are recruited to go to go try out for the All-American Girls Baseball League. We see them as they're drafted to the Rockford Peaches, who in reality was probably the the most winning uh, team of the All-American Girls Baseball League. I think they won four four championships in the 12 years the, the league was around. Um, we see them drafted along with these other kind of ragtag group of characters, and they're led by this washed-up baseball player, Jimmy Dugan, who's alcoholic, who can't fight in the war. And we're watching them as they attempt to win the first championship of this newly formed league. So, Thomas, what are your initial thoughts when watching a league their own for the first time in one sitting? Uh, the first thing that stuck out to me is how much I dislike the framing device in this movie. <laughs> Starting off with the hates. Okay. It's just, it's not, the the, the, the movie itself, it, it doesn't feel like it Needs enhances it. anything. Yeah. Um. And, and and we'll get in the you know you you gave the kind of story overview but it, it the movie opens with kit getting ready to go to like a, a hall of fame dotty dotty yeah. dotty dotty yeah, yeah. yeah they're adding they're adding the, the the league to the hall of fame and it's and it's her as as a as an older woman mm-hmm. getting ready to go weirdly and voiced by gina davis but not that is that's gina. the worst part <laughs> dub they dub gina davis's voice over they got an actress who looks remarkably Pretty like, like her yeah. davis didn't dub over any of the rest of the teammates so everyone else has like because your voice ages when you get older your voice ages and so everyone else like looks this they did a great job with the casting they did. they did um but then there's just this one woman who looks like gina davis and sounds like 30 <laughs> year old gina davis <laughs> like uh it's bizarre it's not dubbed well yeah um but it also it, I, I just i really don't think it adds anything to the story and we can talk we, we were texting a little bit yesterday about the 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 ending credits which is like were those the actual they are they're the players? actual players those yes. are actual players cool yeah. you know show us that like show us some pictures or whatever but like the, the the beginning is a really like lame way to open the movie it's not exciting yeah, yeah. it's You're not right. interesting at all um, drop me right into the time period and it also dates the movie really poorly like it, it opens on this song it's like that a carol king notes. song carol King's. yeah yeah it's so dated and i'm like you know especially if you're giving me a period piece like drop me right into the 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 time period but th- then there's there's ma- the only like tension in that like framing device is kind of set up like is are, are she and kit gonna like they haven't seen each other for a while or something but then it's like not a big deal when they end up running into each other at the they kind of set it up they're like have you talked to kit and dotty's like oh that she's probably busy or something and it's never really clear if it's like do they are they not friends anymore are they close once in the end once they meet up like all of kit's grandkids know her they're like oh hey aunt dotty like yeah yeah, yeah. It, it's they're, they're, yeah i i really I, that was that was part of the thing when i when i used to watch this on television i completely missed the <laughs> that opening scene usually the opening scene. yeah yeah um, same yeah and and I, I, I didn't really need that. It's kind of fun to see 
you know her like running into the kid and everything at the end but like did not need it overall it's got a great ending the the like period stuff has a great ending like i i just don't need any of the modern day stuff so i i have some pros and cons uh with the framing device it's when watching it in terms of a story purpose i understand i i think i know what penny marshall's trying to do and this is why i want to talk about this movie is because they're kit and dotty and this is my big uh spiel with this is that it feels like she's trying to showcase the changing norms of women in american society at the point in world war ii around that Mm -hmm. era and and into the 50s and and even kind of like an early uh women's liberation before you get into the 60s and 70s and i think you need the ending for it to really work and my per, my idea with this is that Dottie is a character who is this talented baseball player and who gives it up to uh, essentially fall back into the role of what a woman is expected at this point is go back home, your husband's home, go back to the kitchen, raise the kids, have a family, don't follow your dreams. And Kit at the very at the end of the movie when when after the final game is she's kind of like you can wait on that like you need to follow your dreams first you can have both. Mm-hmm. and Dottie gives it up and kit's like no i'm gonna go do this follow my dreams and then that will become a thing afterwards and at the end of the movie Dottie gave that all up gave the baseball up for the family and the kids when none of her family is there with her at the end her her mother or her daughter at the beginning is essentially forcing her out of the house and the kids are even making fun of her like oh uh grandma's out of the room finally like she after now her husband's passed away she literally has no purpose because she only focused on the family and the husband and now she has nothing while kit focused on both and followed her dreams and all of her family that is there to support her her grandkids her kids her husband and even in the part where she's like kind of making fun of kit where she's like oh her husband her traveling around is that kit decided to go with the changing of the tide and to actually like follow her dreams and she ended up getting everything when Dottie is kind of this tragic character who lost it all. That's why I feel what the framing narrative is trying to say. If that makes sense. And you mm-hmm. can discuss on this. But I do agree. It really dates the movie. I really don't like the opening. Like it's It, it has this very 80s, 90s traveling montage for the beginning where she's traveling to, to, to Cooperstown and to the game and uh, or to the to to, to the re, the reunion, and it's trying it's trying to be a memory play or a memory story where you have the she sees all of the the players, and all of a sudden she's back in, and she relives all those memories. Um, and the ending, as you said too, it ends very well, where the game's over, she's going back home, and you could probably just hit credits right there. But you have mm-hmm. like fifteen more minutes of the game and it's just trying to tie like it's trying to tie everything up it's like they're wanting to see kit and Dottie reunite that you want to see what happened to jimmy and in reality also to penny i think was trying to penny marshall the director was trying to show uh because this is what really happened was that the the all-american girls baseball league got into the hall of fame and she was trying as this love letter to that era and it is a very I get the purpose of it, but I do agree is that 
it it now all feels outdated because of that Mm. and i could see my big thing you're talking about how you would just hop in my big thing is this this definitely feels like a tv show and i know they're trying to remake it into a tv show now and it actually became a tv show for six episodes after this after this movie came out it feels like every kind of sequence is contained in its own way which is why you probably don't need the frame narrative you could just be following all of them in the league the frame narrative is just kind of like it's just showing what happened to these women after the league was over. I don't know. Yeah, well, there it's for for what is pretty much a comedy. Yeah, it is incredible. The, the period stuff is really well done. It is. It is. And and it just kind of to to have this like just like in your face nineties content. I mean, it's so. I don't know if that was shot in the real baseball hall of fame, if that's really how the baseball hall of fame looked in the nineties, but it's so bland. <laughs> it's so like, there's so many cool, fun colors and the costumes and everything in the past. And then it's I agree. just it's the color. It, it's, it's, it's cold. cold. Yep. Yeah. It is. It is bland to look at and the music is bad. And it, it's, it's not, I really do not like the Madonna song. No, I, no. I, I realized in this, in this watch, how why because i i never said and never had any views about it but i realized because i never watched all the credits all the way through i always turned it off mm. right when the first half i was like cool i'm done and i think it was because subconsciously it was because i did not like that song and when i had to no it's not a good song when i had to when i watched the full thing i was like oh these credits are weird mm. like i don't think the i don't think the uh the song is that good uh, you have these kind of weird like sequences with the 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 real life women who are the players. The weird part, the weirdest part to me, was the ending where the ump calls a strike and the old the old baseball player, the old woman, starts yelling at the umpire and they start to get in a fight and it just cuts to like their standard credits and I was like, wait, what just happened? <laughs> yeah yeah because it's like a very comedic moment and you still have madonna's like very serious like uh this used to be my playground playing underneath <laughs> and i'm just like that's a weird this is a weird tone shift at the very end of the movie that i was yeah. not expecting it gets it's it, it the, the movie the 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 and this is you know the benefit of if you do a period piece it it, it sits you know that's that's part, period pieces age very well for the most part yeah um like honestly if you look at i mean it, just to talk about like two movies that are very critically high regarded if you go back and look at boogie nights and and magnolia yeah. boogie nights feels more contemporary because it's set in another time i agree with you on that yeah um and and this 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 movie had that going for it and it's and it's very sharp and it and it's it fun and it's got like a bite to it. It's got this this sense of humor and the the modern stuff just feels so cheesy. It's the yeah. music. It's the way it looks. It feels like it's out of a, a lifetime movie. I don't disagree. It it is very. I love how the quick thoughts. So let's just talk about the negatives. Um, <laughs> but that, that you, said, you said initial reactions and that was like as soon as that, yeah as soon as Gina Davis's voice comes out of that woman's mouth I'm like what is happening right now I like, just I can't like the house like especially the furniture like definitely reminds me of like going to my grandmother's house in the 90s mm. like it's it's a, it's it's a time capsule of that era but it also is a time capsule of 
that era of filmmaking, if that makes sense. Like I, I, the tr- like I, I, I wrote my notes. I was like, man, this opening scene is kind of rough. Like this opening sequence is kind of rough. And I was like, I really just want to get to the baseball. Yeah. Like I really yeah. just want to get to the baseball. And you, you just want to get like, we were talking about it feeling cold. You just want to get to that, like kind yeah. of sepia glow of like, you yeah. know, the, I noticed the... that when that, when it first comes up in a, when they first you meet them in Oregon and they're playing like for the dairy softball team. And I was like, Oh, the, the grass is really green. Like it's, mm-hmm. It, it feels like this. This is a part where it feels like you could have shot this a year ago. Like it feel. Like I always was. I always loved the period stuff they did, not just in terms of like the story, but also like the production design. I think the mm-hmm. production design is pretty good as well. And yeah, it's like you're wanting to get like you said that, that sepia toned kind of glow, uh, kind of nostalgic glow of the movie. And yeah, and so that was the th- that was the thing about when I watched it the second time. I was like, oh man, I have to watch the opening again. Yeah, and I just really don't want to watch this opening again. So I kind of just p- played a little bit of it and went through it. It's just like the, it's these aerial shots of the of the bus going, which I don't think we ever see the actress. That, that, thing, that thing with with her grandkids, where it, yeah. where it's like, oh, and then you never come back to the grandkids at all. Like talking no. about them playing basketball. And... It, it's it's there, I think, to set up someone. Someone put online. Uh, it was there to set up the ending of like the sibling rivalry between her and Kit, and mm-hmm. how like she goes, hey, like let him win some to the older one, and then the younger one kill him. Where it's like it, some people think it's a parallel to the ending where did Dottie drop the ball on purpose or was it a legitimate drop mm-hmm. when kit runs her over at the home plate to win the win the world series we'll get into that because that's a that's a really a hot question on the internet apparently is did Dottie really drop the ball on purpose or was it a legit drop i'm not going oh, mom i already got two children i don't need a third why is it so important that i go well for one thing it'd be nice if you just left the room Oh. Besides, these are your old friends. They probably won't even remember me. Oh, the Queen of Diamonds, Dottie Hanson? Margaret, I just don't think this is a good idea. Oh, come on, Mom. I mean, you're going to get to see Aunt Kit. You two hardly ever get to see each other. We still won't. Kit won't be there. She'll be traveling around with that husband of hers. Frank, he has a name. Frank, and he's always been very nice to you. It makes me nervous. There's a lot of reasons why I can't. Mom, honey, I'm not comfortable about this. I'm not really part of it. It was never that important to me. It was just something I did. That's all. Mom, when are you going to realize how special it was? How much it all meant? I... Yeah, I, I know how you feel. I really do. But you're going. We got all the negatives out of the way, but uh, quick history of the film, and then we'll we'll delve into our favorite scenes. Uh, quick history of the film: Penny Marshall saw a thirty-minute documentary on PBS titled "A League of Their Own," and it was about the female baseball league at that time. Marshall kind of said she was completely unaware of the film or that the the league existed, and because of that, she wanted to tell a, a story of this. And uh, one of the creators of the documentary, his uh, his mother and aunt played in the all-american girls baseball league and he wanted to make a documentary that honored his mother who i think eventually she passed away after the live or the the feature-length film was made and so uh he came on board penny wasn't the first director for the movie 
it was uh david anspa who did hoosiers and rudy that was the initial director for this um it hopped around a bit and then uh it was at i think it was at fox first and then fox didn't want to make it and then penny penny marshall ended up signing a uh, a deal with sony pictures to like for her her projects and they were just like oh We'll even make we we'll even let you make that uh that girls baseball movie if you want. <laughs> like it was very much like uh oh yeah we want to get you here because you just you made a uh, Awakenings which starred De Niro and Robin Williams and was this very beloved or a very critically praised movie. She was coming off big. She was kind of hit a streak and so people wanted to work with her. And this is kind of a little bit of her like blank check movie. It was the mm-hmm. highest budget she had up to that point. It was a $40 million budget. And it was also really the first movie uh, that she was making that was a pretty much like an all-female cast movie. Like, she was a female director, and she had mostly directed movies about men. And this was kind of her first one. I think he had Jumpin' Jack Flash was one of her earlier ones with Willie Goldberg. But this is like a, like a real... a quote on, what, what, what studios would say at the time, a, a female picture... Even though I do think it it appeals to both men and women, and I'll go into that with the Hanks character. Um, so yeah, she wanted to make this. Uh, ended up getting made. They they auditioned, and we'll go into this with casting stuff later. They auditioned over two thousand actresses. Uh, Penny Marshall said, "If you couldn't play baseball, you could not even read for the part in a league of their own." So they she had coaches at USC and LA. She had coaches at St. John's, New York, to audition every actress before they got to read. So like Madonna had to do three hours of workouts before she got to accept or get the part for uh, May. Uh, the only one who didn't have to really audition in terms of baseball is Gina Davis because Gina Davis was brought on like two weeks before production started and she never played baseball before. So she had to, as everyone else had been training for months, she had to learn like two weeks how to be the greatest baseball player in the league. So that's how kind of it comes together. We'll get more into the casting of it. Uh, one big thing to kind of put you in context uh, is Tom Hanks at this point, who had had like four or five box office flops in a row. Like this isn't the Tom Hanks we know a day. It was like he had done Joe versus the volcano, Turner and Hooch, the Burbs, uh, Bonfire of the Vandies, which was the big like kind of bust where it was a forty-six million dollar movie and it made like fifteen million. And so he actually had not made a movie at all in 1991. And so Penny Marshall says he came to her begging for a part in a league of their own. And that's how he got Jimmy Dugan, the washed up alcoholic baseball player. That's the brief history of how it got made. And I'll get more into other stuff later in terms of like onset life and all that. But Thomas, so we talked about some of the negatives of this movie. What were your favorite scenes in the film? Um, I mean, I, I just really like the, all the, all the characters on the team are really feel lived in like, um, and I, I really like all the kind of like bonding things going on. There's, there's just little, little like pieces of, of bonding throughout um, the, the scene at the dance hall where Madonna has kind of like the swing dance routine and um and she and there, there's just a, a the, the fun little like drop of information it, it, you can barely even hear it over the mix of the music but where um where she she's off dancing and um and they they ask i, I forget what her what um rosie's I character i forget what yeah i forget what rosie's character's name is but they, they kind of ask her like where'd she learn that 
and Rosie says, "Oh, my dad owns a owns a dance hall. It's where you base that's where you basically find out that Madonna was like a stripper." Yeah. And and she's like, "She was a dancer there, and I was the balancer, and yeah. and we came up, and that, that that just the two of them are great in it." Yeah. And um, both their characters are really fun, and I like their whole little backstory. Um, yeah, I just all the all the little like the little pieces, and this this is a this is really a, a movie of montages. I realized. Yeah watching it this time it's it's almost entirely just playing interspersed with like traveling in between games and it's really well done but but that's it's so it's hard to pick like a favorite scene but there's just little moments i i love those um uh where madonna is is teaching the the one woman who doesn't know how to read she's teaching her to read out of like a uh, like a pornographic book and they like give her they're like what are you what are you teaching her from and she's like she's reading <laughs> <laughs> yeah madonna is a is kind of like the big sister of the group, if mm. you notice. And I know I watched. The, I was looking at that kind of in context when watching this time. Was like, Madonna's the, Ma, Madonna is literally the Madonna of the baseball team. <laughs> like I was just like, she's the. Well, she's the, also the one. You know, it's it's a it's a movie about a bunch of women who who I mean, obviously in in, in 1940 who did not have a lot of strength in society, and it's about yeah. all of them finding their strength. And she's presented to you is really the only person who the only woman who was in any sense liberated yeah at that time who who who, ha, who did have any personal strength and that's because she was kind of socially shunned for being the, technically i guess a sex worker uh and and so she's she's the only one who really has like a lot of independence yeah heading into it so she she kind of becomes all it's it's all these women who are suddenly independent and don't really know what, what to do, yeah. they're yeah what to do what they're allowed to do and and she's she's the one who's had to deal with that already yeah well it's like i feel like every time there's a bus ride it feels like madonna outside of i think maybe gina davis's character outside of dotty madonna's like having a, a a group talk with the with one of the, the other players so mm -hmm. you have like her teaching her how to read and then you have uh especially these ones who like are coming from these small towns in Oregon and the Midwest and haven't really lived a life. And she's the one kind of talking with Kit, like when she's painting her nails and Kit's just like, do, do guys really like this? It's like Madonna feels like she has the back seat. That's the full seat. And she mm -hmm. just hangs out there and you come and step into her office and talk about your problems. That's what it feels like with Madonna with May. And you see that with the book reading, you see it with the, when she's painting her nails it's a she's like i said she is this madonna character of the of the cool she's the cool woman in the group even to the point you notice it really when when at the very end when she's saying bye to Dottie, and i was just like she's completely in a different like era in terms of fashion mm -hmm. I mean, in terms of, like class if that makes sense like everyone else is just kind of like in period of clothing and madonna looks like she's about to go to the beach and in, in, in malibu compared to everyone else um no, Rosie O'Donnell, who played Doris, is the hmm. character name. Yeah, I really like their chemistry together. Yeah. Um, and it's crazy to me that they didn't know each other before the filming. And Rosie, who really hadn't done much, I think this was like her first film or one of her first films, and how she was just like so starstruck by Madonna. Yeah, I do. I do love that we're talking about favorite scenes. I do love the the intro of the two of them with the where you can just tell already that they're like yeah the the two buddies and they're there they they know their stuff and, and they have that shot where they 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 chuck the ball at um at kit and dotty grabs it out of thin air and, and yeah. rosie's just immediately like oh, okay all right i i'm into her now hey mate what come here and look at this wait a second doris i can't wait much longer so get up yes so 
Your soul ain't done yet. Watch this. <laughs> That's it? Yeah, you can't do it, mate. You do it. I can do it. Yeah, how long you been working on that, Doris? That? Yeah. Took me about a year. Not counting them two months I was in the hospital. Bat hit me right in the head. Bam. Really? Yep. You had to notch your behind, because that looks really swollen. Hey, what the heck kind of a thing is that I'm to say joking, to me, I'm joking, okay, okay. I'm, that ain't funny. I'm nervous, all right? I, I don't... What are you looking at? Yeah, what are you looking at? Nothing. Right? Nothing. All these girls gonna be in the league? You wish. You do wish. They're gonna have four teams. 16 girls to a team. That's right. 64 girls. Yeah, what are you, a genius? <laughs> you know, they got over 100 girls here, so, um, some of you are gonna have to go home. Yeah, sorry about that. Come on, Doris. Those people are jerks. What do you mean, some of us? Do it. <laughs> okay, some of them are going home. Hey, how did you do that? Excuse me. Hey, hey, you caught that? Hello? Doris. Did you see? Jeez, let's go practice. She caught him with okay, a bitch. You brought up a good point in terms of their intros. In terms of writing a screenplay and directing a specific script, this movie has really good intros with mostly all the characters. Mm. Ex example is, is May and Doris, where it's like the first time you see Doris is she's bouncing a baseball bat on her on her thumb or whatever. Mm. And then May smoking a cigarette and putting uh, and, and stepping up into the shot. When you see John Lovitz, his first time is he's sitting behind this big guy. She like starts yelling at the guy, hey, out of the way. Like, it's a very like it draws your eye to this character and it makes you wonder who is this person they give you these these little things even for the people that you don't get to know that well like the 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 moment when the the woman who can't read is like looking for her her name on the on the sheets um to see if she's made the teams or not and, and another woman hops up and and like she recognizes what's happening and, and jumps up to help her while the coach is like yelling at her and, and both of them become teammates and we don't really learn much more about either of them yeah. throughout, but, but we know that like, like yeah. that's, that's a, that's a great thing to just give us where throughout the movie, anytime that, especially the woman who like jumped up to help her, I'd be like, Oh, that's like, you, you know, you just get off the bat that she's, she's caring and she's, she's looking out for, for other people and that sort of thing. Um, so, so I feel like, even though I didn't know most of their names, you get you do get a good idea for like almost the entire team, which is which is pretty tough to do. It's 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 tough to give them all like a defining characteristic that's not like caricature. Um, well, it's like you have Evelyn, who I think really the first time you have a scene with her is when she comes to Jimmy is like, my husband doesn't want my kid around. Mm -hmm. Can I take him on road trips? And that's that's kind of how you're introduced to her character. With Jimmy, it's the same thing where it's like. It's such a it's it's a wide it's at Harvey's estate, uh, and Harvey's trying to hire Jimmy to to to, co to manage one of the teams, and it's a wide shot of like kind of his estate, and then Jimmy just like bloated and sweaty, with like a uh, a patch because he cut himself shaving, mm -hmm. and that's how you introduce him, and he and he looks like hungover even though he says like oh like I haven't been drinking because I'm poor, uh, like it's just a great intro to that character and i do think it's done consistently throughout the film and that's one thing i just i love about it it's like i think it's a perfect example of like hey how can i write an ensemble piece and introduce all of these characters in a distinct way and i think this film does it um and i do agree with you on the montage thing 
because you kind of have characters coming in and out. So that's why it kind of feels like a TV show to me is that you're having a character just kind of leave and maybe they come back, maybe they won't. And it feels like the sequences are very contained. We're like, okay, this sequence we're just focusing on this league might close. What do we do? Mm. And then we make the league popular again. This sequence is just on us getting drafted. And then we have to go to this beauty charm school. Like they feel like contained episodes in a TV show. I love the tr- I love that montage of when they actually start winning because that's when you really start to see kind of a lot of the play. And again, I I love Tom Hanks in this role as as Jimmy, and that's why I think it's kind of the perfect supporting role is that he just has he kind of has the re- like redemption story in this. He's at his lowest point. He's the he's kind of we're talking about like kind of Crash Davis in a way with Bull Durham to bring it back. Is that he's kind of this guy, he's this Pete Bell where he's lost his passion for the sports, and these women bring it back to him. And that's what makes him so interesting, is that he's also a character where he's a man and this goes into another one of my favorite scenes I'll talk about after this, but he's this man who he's washed up, he's an alcoholic. Because of that, he got he hurt himself and, and messed up his knee, so he couldn't play baseball. Then the one thing that happens, the war happens, and he wants to go serve his country, but he can't because of his mistakes because he's not physically fit. So he's mm-hmm. in this mindset of, and he says it, he says, you get useless very quickly. It's kind of this idea of masculinity where he's like, I can't go fight and die in the war, the one thing I want to do, and now I'm stuck here with all the wives of all the men who are doing the thing I can't do. So he feels like he's just like not much of a man and he's lost the things like baseball that made him feel that way. Mm -hmm. And so I think in the meantime with playing with them is that I think he realized it's not about like a man woman thing. It's just about the passion of playing baseball is what ends up becoming. And then my favorite scene, which is where it really shows his, his change it's the scene in the locker room when he gets when they get the letter from the military that a player's husband has died. Mm-hmm. And that's where the full kind of arc of Jimmy comes through, where when you first see him with Betty Spaghetti, who's the one that loses the husband, he rips her baseball card, he's drunk, and he just like doesn't care. And then when her husband dies, he's the first one there. And he's watching as this woman's crying over a husband who fought in the war, something he can't do. I got a telegram from one of you ladies from the War Department. Oh my God, Ernie. Let's see. Boy, I hate these. These are the worst. The least the Army can do is send someone personally tell you your husband's dead. Darn, I have the name right here. Well, now I gotta go back and get this straightened out. Sorry. I can't. I don't have a name on the checklist. Just give me the telegram. Hey, this is official. This is from the War Department. Come on. That's official business. I'm coming. Sorry, Betty. Oh, John! Oh, 
Anyway, that's my long rant about Jimmy. <laughs> what what'd you think of that scene uh, with, with or, 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 or yeah. Jimmy as a character? Um, yeah, I, I uh, enjoyed him. Uh, I I had forgotten that he really was kind of a supporting character. It's really not like about him. It's a little bit much at the start. I, I got a little tired of it, but um, I guess that's the idea. Is he's supposed to be just like repulsive? Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, and I mean, it's Tom Hanks. So of course, by the time he like really starts caring, you're like, oh, it's Tom Hanks. Like this is, this is, you can see the like beginning of the, I mean, it, this is, I think this is at a really interesting point of his career. It's like, yeah, you can see there's some bachelor party in there and there's also some America's dad in there. Like it's, it's kind yeah. of like the, this, this middle part in his He's career. He's the uncle. He's the uh, uncle. He's America's uncle. Yeah, yeah. Well, 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 and that's back back when he used to be uh, America's alcoholic uncle on um, yeah, yeah, yeah. On, on TV, and and now uh, and now that he's uh, donating his blood to save mankind. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's somewhere in between there, and he was yeah, yeah. able to tap into both uh, in the in this. Yeah, yeah. I, it's it's a little bit much at the start, but it it, it it's fun. He um he he's. You can tell that that he was just kind of told like, "Hey, you're a comedic side character, yeah, slash mentor figure, and like have some fun with it." When do you think he starts to change? Like, I have the idea of when the full when it comes full circle. When do you think he starts like, "Oh, let me start managing them"? I mean, the first moment I really noticed is is when he catches Dottie coaching and he kind of gets mad yeah um and that that's the first time you, you see any sort of like effort from him there, there's the, yeah. the scene when they're both giving i think it's kit going up to bat right um, no no no. it's marla marla yeah 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 giving marla like uh uh like opposing advice on what to do and he, yeah. he gets mad at her um and and you know i think it's that moment realizing that like he's been sitting back and like not doing anything and he's realizing that someone else has been coaching the team um and that that's that's the first time you really see him like get involved i think i do think Dottie is the reason why he starts to love the game again i think it's a little bit of also the other women but i think Dottie because i think because in the montage in the track in the montage when they start winning anytime Dottie does something it penny usually cuts to a shot of jimmy and it's kind of this like marveled that she could do something like that and there there's a cut scene this is a this is a big controversial cut scene by the way uh there's a lead scene in the movie where they kind of have a discussion about this and they, they cut they take some of the lines from the scene and put it in the scene when Dottie's leaving with bill pullman her husband mm-hmm. uh and he's like oh it like i you light up when you play baseball this is in this deleted scene it's a scene where Dottie and Jimmy have become closer. Jimmy, they use this the part of the scene in the movie when he's just like hitting baseballs. Mm-hmm. He's talking about, he's like, I even hit like a girl. 
Well, they, they put that scene very early in the movie. It's just like kind of a, a filler piece. In reality, it's much later. And he's hit, hitting, and then she walks out, and it's after the big blow-up with Kit in the uh, in the locker room. Mm. And then she, she, it cuts to her telling David Strathairn, I want to trade. In between that is when she sees Jimmy, and they have this rant of he's like, hey, you're the best baseball player. Like, I see it. Like, you're like Cobb. You're like Ruth. Like, you can do this better than anyone, and I don't know how you don't see it. And then he kisses her. And they're just like, and she kisses him back. And then it's like, oh, wait. And then and she runs away. And then it cuts to her in the locker room. And she's crying because of that. Not because of Kit and everything. She's Or she's not crying. She's <sighs> upset. She's upset. And that's when David Strathairn walks in. He's like, hey, what's going on? And she's like, I'm leaving. And it's not because of Kit. It's because of the relationship with her and Jimmy when he kisses her. And apparently... When they did the test screening, people were so upset by that scene. Yeah, because, yeah because I feel that. I echo that. Players in the the All American, the former players in the All American Girls League, were just like, "We would never do that." She was like, "This lady's husband's off at the war, and now she's like making out with this drunk, alcoholic, washed-up yeah. player who's been kind of a dick the entire time." And and then a lot, and then even just the regular test audiences echoed that, and they just like cut it. But they took some of that dialogue because I think the dialogue was important in terms of like Dottie's passion for the game. You know, I really thought you were a ball player. Well, you were wrong. Was I? Yeah. It is only a game, Jimmy. It's only a game, and and I don't need this. I have Bob. I don't need this. I don't. I, I gave away five years at the end of my career to drinking. Five years. And now there isn't anything I wouldn't give to get back any one day of it. Well, we're different. This chicken shit, Dottie. You want to go back home to Oregon and make a hundred babies? Great. I'm in no position to tell anyone how to live. But sneaking out like this, quitting, you regret it for the rest of your life. Baseball is what gets inside you. It's what lights you up. You can't deny that. It just got too hard. It's supposed to be hard. If it wasn't hard, everyone would do it. The hard is what makes it great. But yeah, there is a lot. They do change. There's a lot of deleted scenes in this movie. And I think Penny Marshall shot a lot of stuff. One big thing is that she shot a lot of unscripted innings of them just actually playing and put that in a lot of those montages. Let's see other favorite scenes I have. Uh, actually, this uh, I like this scene mostly, but I think it has a topic of discussion. What are your thoughts on the final game in the movie? Uh, I don't really know how I feel. It's it's weird because it you're is. you're rooting for Kit, but you're obviously rooting for the Peaches. Like you've you've been with them more. Yeah. Um, and and it's it never it never really feels like the the movie has made its mind up on Kit necessarily. I yeah I, I don't really know what you're supposed to be doing there, and um, it's yeah it's it feels a little it feels a little like murky. It's it's established like Racine is just the villain team basically. Yeah. And that they're, guy, they're, that coach that's that's the guy that's like such an asshole to everyone during the tryouts is the Racine coach. Yeah, like you're really not supposed to like that guy at all. 
It, yeah, it's it's weird. But the part, and also the part that really makes them just feel like an evil team, and I want to discuss this, and I noticed it for this time, Hans Zimmer is scoring a war movie in this baseball scene. <laughs> like, when you, it's just like, dun, dun. like, it's just very, like, epic. It's different than the rest of the movie. It feels like we just took a huge pivot into World War II war film, and we're, like, watching Save It Private Ryan. And it's like, because it's, like, very dramatic music, and it just feel, I don't know how I feel about it. And when you go back, if you go back and listen to it, and we'll probably play a clip right now, but, like, it's just a very, like, it feels like they're trying to kill each other <laughs> just from just from the music being played and it's just so i don't i don't know how i feel i don't know last batter standing in rockford's way is kid keller it is one for three today talk about kit for a second and you've said some stuff what were your thoughts on kit and Lori petty in general yeah i mean uh, the the movie is very obviously it it sometimes feels like it if you if like if you were to ask penny marshall she would say it's a two-hander it's about Dottie and kit but it I, I don't know you never quite get enough on kit to really feel like she is a co-lead in the movie yeah um it, it feels like it's Dottie's movie and and yes her sister is a very important part of her life but it, it's never it, it never quite hits home for me that like kid is that this is Dottie and Kit's movie. Um, and and I'm, and I'm not sure that the script ever really hit that or maybe it was in the edit. But um, but it, it just doesn't quite it, it never feels like we see enough of the movie through Kit's point of view um, to make it also her movie. And, and so there's there's several times later on like during the there's there's a couple of shots specifically during the final game when we're supposed to be seeing something through kit's point of view and it feels a little off because we've never really done that before that's fair because i know I, the the one thing i'm thinking of is when Dottie hits the base when Dottie gets the go-ahead run and not and knocks in doris and may mm. and it's this again it's the music too it's this like close-up on kit's face where like she just witnessed death Mm -hmm. and it's like supposed to be kit's like 
weirdly like Kit's descent into madness is what it feels yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. And There's she's like, it, like follows her into the dugout yeah. and she's like tearing up. Yeah. And she's crying. It's like, I can't beat her. I just can't do it. Like it's just, it's definitely like the sibling rivalry has come to its all time high. And it's like, I can't beat this woman. She's a, she's a machine. Mm-hmm. And then but, it's like, but yeah, no. if, you, if you think back through most of the movie, like the, 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 there's several times when you maybe could have like split the point of view like specifically the scene where, where Kit confronts Dottie in the boarding house. You're you're with you're in the room with Dottie. Kit comes in. She throws something at her, and then Kit leaves the room, and you're still there with Dottie. It's it's it, the, the, the smart choice would be like actually see Kit get told she's going to be traded. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're we're never really with her until the end. So it, it just felt a little at the end there it's like am i supposed to be rooting for her like are, are, is dotty is dotty rooting for her because if dotty mm. is rooting for her then i will yeah but like I'm, I'm i'm on dotty's ride like that's what it feels like i think this is interesting because i think this brings up a good point that goes with the question is does dotty legit drop the ball or does she purposely drop it mm. because i think what you're saying right there is that are we with kit or are we with dotty that's why this question is oh did we want Kit to win or do we want Rockford to win? Mm-hmm. And Dottie's supposed to be kind of, I guess, the audience surrogate. And we don't really know Dottie's kind of mentality of what she wants in this. It's just, it, I, I think it's an interesting point to bring up is that you don't really know who you want to win because it's a little muddy on whose POV it is mm. in the final game, at least. Yeah. Um, I think the only time you really see there's two times you see kit i think beforehand where it's her pov and it's uh when she confronts uh ernie who's john lovitz's character at the farm and then i think the mm-hmm. other time too is when hanks right before the blow up between dotty and, and kit when hanks grabs her and throws her in the shower mm-hmm. and that's kind of it with like in terms of like we're just doing this from kit's perspective you okay my rear end hurts where jimmy dropped me acting like a baby treat you like a baby i treated you like a pitcher a pitcher who'd lost her stuff when betty's in trouble you nurse her through you're out there every damn pitch backing her up you know I-, I seem to remember last week somebody throwing a rosin bag in my face telling me to get my fat ass back behind the plate was that you or the umpire all i know is you could have backed me up today instead of holding me back i hold you back like at home it's like if you're here i'm not here what does that mean i don't know i don't know what i mean i know i'm wrong i know you're right and i'm wrong i know that i just i just get so mad why do you gotta be so good huh on set life real quick all the injuries you see in the movie are real there's that one shot of the of the backup catcher, the Canadian, with this huge bruise on her thigh. Yeah, it's like she, bleeding. Yeah, she got that from sliding, and uh, apparently she said it didn't disappear for over a year. Like yeah. it was on her thigh for that long. Alice, that's her name, right? Alice. I don't yes. know why I remember. I can't remember anybody's names. I remember that one. She's <laughs> she's the one they tell her they have to tweeze her eyebrows. That was her like defining characteristic for most of the movie. Was uh. 
they gave her a hard time about her eyebrows at the charm school. I, I well, again, I keep saying it's a TV show. I'm I'm really intrigued to see what they do with the show if, when it comes into a show because Alice is a character. It when when Dottie drops the ball in the final game, it cuts to Alice. Mm-hmm. Like the first cut is to Alice because she was the backup catcher. Jimmy makes a great point when Dottie shows back up. He's like Alice caught for every <laughs> game of the series. <laughs> that was my that was one of my ending questions. Was like, do you really put in Dottie? By the way. Has she been driving for like a week? Yeah. Or I mean, granted, it is like it's it is 1940s, so it's cars like were slower back then. Cars were slower. Like Thirty miles an hour. I don't know. But but like it's like oh we got to we got there and we turned back. I was like, did it take you two weeks to get to there and back? Because mm-hmm. like she's been gone for all these games. But yeah, it cut. So Alice has been, been catching the entire time, and then it, so it cuts to her when Dottie drops the ball, and she's just kind of like man and you're like i bet she's thinking i wouldn't drop that ball. i wouldn't have dropped that ball yeah. sh- shouldered kit and boom <laughs> laid her out yeah yeah it's like that would have been it and she's kind of like man what would have been mm-hmm. but yeah so she got a real injury this is kind of a funny thing during the filming uh the actors took turns entertaining the unpaid extras during the big baseball games because they're just like hey show up we need people here tom hanks would do puppet shows uh, Rosie O'Donnell did stand up. Rosie would also sing Madonna songs because Madonna ref- allegedly refused to go out and sing for the crowd. So Rosie O'Donnell would sing songs and Madonna would like yell at her and cuss at her, say, Hey, never sing one of my songs ever again. And Rose was like, Yeah, sure thing. Won't do it. Next day, sings another one. And it was just like, <laughs> that was like what they were doing. None of them had stunt doubles except gina davis for the split the running split she does mm. apparently everything else was her Lori petty played baseball on an all boys team growing up so she was like the she was the most skilled her and rosie o'donnell were the most skilled on set yeah she's got great form pitching's the hardest thing to pull off out of anything and and she's got yeah during the farm scene lovitz goes to re- recruit Dottie and kit when he's doing the scene inside the barn there was a cow giving birth to a calf in the middle of the scene and he just kept going and ignored it. And he was so confused when people were like, a calf was born. He's like, what? <laughs> um, they named it Penny after Penny Marshall. Baseball coaches for the actresses used slip and slides as a way to teach them how to slide. After the first three women got concussions, they stopped. <laughs> they also used period gloves uh, at, fir- or at one point, and the ball kept going through the glove because there was no webbing. And a lot of the girls got broken noses at first because of it. Jeez. Hans Zimmer knew nothing about baseball going into this film which makes sense why he yeah, which, yeah that checks out i believe that one for sure <laughs> anyway uh we've kind of talked about a lot of these things but i'll just ask it if there's anything else we missed what worked about this movie yeah i think we i think we pretty much covered everything we, we haven't specifically said it but we've talked about how well everyone was trained in baseball the baseball works like that's a big question we've been asking for all the sports movies we've watched and um the baseball scenes are great and i i I think the um, I think the, the another thing the movie does really well is it 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 um, it sets itself it, it makes the marketing of sports a major part of the movie without ever like really going like no one's ever really like talking about how are we going to market this but it goes a lot into it yeah. um, and and I, it does that really well and there's there's one sequence in particular where it's showing like the different ways that all the different players are covered and like what magazine would publish what on like Betty spaghetti. They're talking yeah, yeah. about her cooking recipes. Whereas Madonna is being, um, you know, marketed as this, as this, um, 
like sex icon and and all the different ways that you can bring in different audiences and it, they they never have a moment where like david strathairn says like we got to do a full spread and get every magazine in town but like they show you how how that's done and how you can kind of tweak your message for all the different audiences you're trying to draw in it's fun you know there, there's a couple little conversations with i mean it's it's that's mostly david strathairn's kind of character arc but like it's never a huge part of the the movie but this whole idea of like how do we make this work from a publicity point of view um is is pulled off really well as kind of a little side story on this yeah i I like strathairn's character because that's kind of he was like he was harvey's like head of publicity and his whole thing is like i gotta market this league i think he is trying to market the league but i think he realizes like hey this could be a legit thing it's not just a a ploy a marketing ploy oh we got females playing baseball he's mm. just like no there's, really a, there's, a, there's a, a pretty subtle little character arc to him like when it there opens is. he's and I, I i almost i was about to text you guys i was like there's no one who can play just like an out and out slime bag and also just the nice like because in the beginning he, he opens as just kind of an asshole and i was like david strathairn is so good at being like he can just be someone you hate or he can just be the nicest most charismatic dude in the world and he kind of does both in this movie he does like, he really starts out as, as a real skeezy dude and by the end he's like standing up for them and he's he's the one that they ask to open up the the and in the in the and the in the the modern day stuff that we didn't yeah. really care for that much they bring his character <laughs> back to let him be like the one who opens up the, the wing um because he was he was responsible for for helping keep the the league alive this is what it's going to be like in the factories too i suppose isn't it Men are back, Rosie. Turn in your rivets. We told them it was their patriotic duty to get out of the kitchen and go to work. And now when the men come back, we'll send them back to the kitchen. What should we do? Send the boys returning from war back to the kitchen? Come on. Excuse me. Do you know how dedicated these girls are and what they go through? They play with sprained ankles, broken fingers. They ride a bus sometimes all night to play a doubleheader the next morning. I'll make it up to them. What, with Harvey bars? Getting tired of listening to you, Ira. Mr. Harvey, I'd like your permission to take over the league. What? Ira, do you understand? All of the owners are getting out. There's no point to it anymore. Just let them finish the season and that's it. I sold your product when there was no product. This is a product. There is no room for girls' baseball in this country once the war is over. They're through. I think you're wrong. And I'm going to prove it to you, Mr. Harvey. I did have a question. Was like, is he only following them the entire season? Because he's like always there. All right. Well, here's here was my question. And, mm-hmm. and I'm sure you could do this just by Googling. We're all it was it's four teams, right? Four teams. Yes, Were they all just correct. like suburbs of Chicago? I mean, they they don't really travel th- that far. I mean, they can't have. There, there's no way they were like, all right, one's gonna be New York City and like one's gonna be Chicago. They're, like they were all midwestern cities. Yeah, yeah. So, so it was I like it, it was like it was the Racine Bells, uh, Rockford Peaches, uh, South Bend Blue Sox, and I think it was like Kalamazoo. So really, at, at any time, there is only. Even if they played on the same nights, there's only two games he could be at. Yeah, so realistically, he would be at most of the. He'd be at at least fifty percent. That was a question I had for later, but I was like, "Are they fighting for a playoff spot when there's only four teams?" 
Yeah. Like, or are they just fly, fighting for like the World Series? Is that all they're fighting for? Because like at one point they're just like, it was an important game. We had to get a playoff spot. I'm like, there's four teams. Like, just say, yeah, that, championship series, World Series. It's that's kind of Jimmy's for. Jimmy's big moment is he comes out and he's like, I just found out we're go- we could go to the World Series. It's like, well, yeah, you guys could all go to the World Series. <laughs> He's like, I get, or he's like, I get, a, I get a pay, I get a raise if, if we go to the World Series. I get yeah, a bonus. Yeah. Besides the frame narrative, what didn't work about this? Movie? Um, I mean, that's that's the main thing that sticks out to me. That that is, that's the big one. Um, the music we've kind of talked about a little bit. It's no. hit or it's hit or miss. It's very yeah. hit or miss for me. Yeah. Well, well, are we talking about Zimmer's score or the songs? Both. The, okay. the 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 music. Uh, yeah, yeah. The 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 score doesn't feel like it always fits and the and the choice in songs definitely doesn't feel like it fits that's yeah that's that's the main thing that stuck out to me for sure also too i will say this another thing i kind of like i don't know if i really loved some of the organ stuff the only reason why i say it might actually be because of the frame narrative it might be because i'm i'm so wanting to get to them playing baseball like as a team that I'm just like I think it's I don't, I don't think they start playing baseball until like 25 minutes into the movie or more. It feel it feels forever, and it might be the frame narrative. It might just be better. Here's the thing: take out the frame narrative. Where do you start the movie at? You start with them playing baseball. You just start with them in Oregon playing baseball. Yeah, I mean you, okay. you have to show that they've got experience in baseball. You got it. You like. I think I think it opens fine. Yeah, they're in Oregon. You you, you figure out who they are. You figure out their relationship. And then, um, and then you have to like call to call to adventure or whatever. Um, call that call to action. Yeah, I think that's I think it's that's great. I think it works fine. Where, so I know because right now it goes from it goes from the frame narrative into the newsreel. Oh yeah, like all American baseball girl. See, I don't think you need that. They, you 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 have the scout kind of tell them basically what's going on, and when they get there, even even have that show up while they're traveling. You know, give them a little travel um like as they're traveling have the news say like this is happening but yeah i think you just open on if you open on 1940 oregon a uh, baseball game boom you get i think you're set okay. i don't th- i don't think the stuff in oregon lasts long enough for me to really have an issue with it I, I don't think i have an issue with it i think that it's that i have an issue with the beginning frame narrative that i feel like i really want to get to like the rockford peaches is it, if that makes mm-hmm. sense like, i really yeah. want to get to them and it feels like because the, the frame narrative the first opening frame it feels like it takes about eight way too to, long it, it, <laughs> it's it about like eight, an hour feels like about eight minutes too long it was eight minutes no uh yeah it just feels like yeah when watching it again two times in a few days it definitely just it really dates that movie the it's like the music i think even the way it's shot the way it's edited the dubbing the dubbing. <laughs> the kid actors like yeah uh is that it that's what it didn't work okay Alternate i don't want to rag on it too hard okay yeah because i actually really again i really do love this movie and i do know i'm, I'm a, a tad bit biased to it even though it might not sound it alternate cast these are some big ones a lot of weird history with this movie in terms of cast as I said, Marshall tried out over 2,000 actresses. You only got to read for the role if you could show that you could play baseball. They had bat- Marshall said that the batting cages in Los Angeles did some of their best business because all the actresses in L.A. were practicing for their audition. So they were all going to the batting cage because they needed to show that they could play, they could play baseball. 
uh, Madonna came to St. John's and basically Marshall was trying to figure out, did they know how to play or were they trainable? Madonna was one where she, she worked out for three hours and the coach like she's trainable because she was a dancer. They mm-hmm. they kind of like try to do it with dancing. I do think because Hanks and Rosie all down both said that when you saw her throw it first for a while was that she was thinking like a dancer, like one, two step. Like mm-hmm. she was like thinking in that way. I do think they hide her ability a little bit in this movie. You don't really, you see her doing yep. like runs and stuff, but you don't really see her hitting or catching too much. Yeah. She does a lot. Of, she does a lot of slides, and that's kind of her big thing that no one else is really doing that you see in the movie is that May is like sliding. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, Dottie Henson. Originally, when Marshall came on, she wanted Demi Moore for the role, and Demi Moore auditioned and played baseball, and was going to be in it, but then she got pregnant, and could not do it. Before she came on, Brooke Shields was offered the lead role in 1988. And then it was rewritten after the writer strike and she dropped out. Uh, Sean Young was also considered for Dottie at one point. Uh, I've also read that Laura Dern was considered for Dottie at one point, which I don't know. I think she was too young for Dottie. Mm-hmm. I think she feels more like a kit. If that if that's a true rumor. Uh, the big one that is real, that actually happened. I do. I actually know this one. Deborah Winger? Yeah, yeah. I knew that story. This was, this was a major market correction. This was a major point in deborah winger's career i don't want to say downfall but but this is this is where she kind of went away for a little while deborah wing was cast in the movie and a few weeks before production began she dropped out of the project there have been a number of reasons why i have heard the one reason i was hearing was that winger said she had injured her back before the filming and that's why she couldn't do it the big thing that i've kind of heard from penny marshall apparently i was reading that she said in her book was that Winger did not want to be in the part after Madonna was cast. She said that Winger did not want to be in a quote-unquote Elvis movie because she felt like it was just going to be like a, a, van- a, maybe a vanity project for Madonna, but she felt it lessened it. So so Deborah Winger dropped out, and then Gina Davis stepped in a few weeks before that. So Lori Petty was already cast for Kit, as in the caster based on being Deborah Winger's sister. And so when they cast Gina Davis, they had to dye Lori Petty's hair red. That's Deborah Winger. Kit Keller was actress uh, Maura Kelly, was to portray Kit, but she hurt her ankle during the filming of figure skating movie The Cutting Edge. Allegedly considered for the role of Kit. This is the second time she's appeared on this in this in this uh, series of, sh- of of shows. Molly Ringwald was considered for Kit at one point, allegedly. For Jimmy Dugan, before Tom Hanks, initially cast in the role. James Belushi. No, thank you. <laughs> okay. I love Jimmy Belushi. Jim Belushi. Uh, Walter Harvey. This is definitely true. Penny Marshall originally wanted Christopher Walken, but they could not afford him. So Gary Marshall stepped in last minute to play the part. Three people who auditioned or wanted to be in it, but did not get to be in it. Farrah Fawcett wanted to be in the movie, but Penny Marshall said she was too old for the film. Lori Singer from Footloose, the lead female in Footloose, was to be cast but she insisted on a bigger part, so Marshall did not cast her. Marissa Tomei filmed an audition tape of her playing baseball, being coached by Joe Pesci while they were filming My Cousin Vinny. And Marshall, this is true, Marshall said she wasn't much of a baseball player, so she didn't get to read for the role. That's your alternate cast. Also, there was more John Lovitz in the movie. They cut that out. I think he came back at the Sud Bucket scene and had a big, long speech about Babe Ruth and about baseball and... 
allegedly Lovett said that if that scene would have been in, he would have been he would have won an Oscar for it. Um, find that very hard to believe. <laughs> there's um, just enough John Lovitz. Maybe it just, just touched too much John Lovitz in this movie. Uh, story questions. Ask that one. Trade questions. I have a few kind of like specific questions. Trade questions. Who did the Rockford Peaches get for Kit? That that whole trade thing is so weird that you don't see another team member. No. And it just kind of comes out of nowhere. It's like, oh, we're tra- why? Why would I mean? Is there obviously, a, also, is, is, take... is there is there a trade deadline? Like, yeah, it's it's like because they really don't have any more games before. No. it kind of goes straight into the World Series. Like Kit, Kit just like fits right in team chemistry wise for the Racine uh, Bells, mm. but like you just traded your star pitcher for no one Mm -hmm. that was just weird to me uh roster questions we asked about uh alice just being cut like just like hey you're gonna sit out game seven even though you played for all six games ellen sue the the georgia character from georgia just starts pitching game seven and i don't think we've seen her pitch the entire movie Maybe that's just me. Maybe she was pitching that I didn't catch it, but that, like that, I did not notice. I did. I looked her up because I was like, that actress looks very familiar. I yeah. looked her up. Twist. She does not look very familiar because she she did she did the television show after this and then did not do anything else. Oh, did she? Oh, wow. But okay. she was a college softball player. Okay. So I imagine she was probably brought in as one of the ringers who she was she was pretty enough to be an actor, and she actually had like real solid athletic form as far as baseball goes so i I think that was kind of her her purpose okay in the scene but yeah i kept they kept cutting to her and i was like she looks really familiar and i looked it up and i was like nope you do not not know her from anything except for this movie (laughs) we brought it up does Dottie legit drop the ball or does she like just drops it because she gets hit or does she do it on purpose for kit i don't know man i don't know if i'm happy with either of these answers i don't think (laughs) it's weird it's a weird ending because i don't think she's a great player like i I don't think she would just lose the ball like that but also like is is her she's she's gotten so close with all these women is like the happiness of her sister as important as like all of these women that she's really close with that this means so much to them like it's it's a it's a weird (laughs) thing to make the climax of your movie is like yeah, I, I kind of hope she, I kind of hope she did drop it legitimately because there's a lot of questionable ethical grounds if she dropped it just to like make her little sister feel happy and feel good. Like yeah, so like when I was growing up, I always thought she did it on purpose, and now in watching it, I think she just legit dropped the ball because right before that, she goes up to Ellen Sue, the pitcher, and it's like, hey, she likes fast high ones, can't hit them. So I feel like she wants to win. But also just like speaking ethically, you know, if she, if she did show up, she has not played a single game of the playoffs. She so, she shows up for the final game of the series and then throws the game for to, for her sister. Like that's awful. No wonder she didn't want to go to the Hall of Fame opening. She didn't want to face any of those women. <laughs> She's been living with that guilt for decades. Yeah, she didn't play at all in the whole series. And she shows up at the end and ruins hey guys, it forever. Remember when I lost that series for you? Oh, man. Oh, gosh. Okay, continuing. Awards. Least realistic player. Uh, I uh, Once again, I do not know names. I know her as the the, the character from Monk. Sharona from Monk. Um, the, the 
the uh, she she has the son. <laughs> uh, oh, Evelyn. I mean, and she's she's set up to be kind of the weakest player. Like that's yeah, why yeah. Hanks has always given her such a hard time. But uh, but she's she they, they don't show her a lot, and when you do kind of see her, the only time they ever like feature her as a player is when she has something that needs to be worked on. Yeah. Um, but but she does. I mean, it's 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 one of those. You can kind of see in a lot of sports movies like this, you can see the trade off of like the in this in the 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 more character actors. You can see the ones that were brought on to be like players and the ones that were brought on to be comic relief. And she was very yeah. obviously like a comic relief character and wasn't necessarily the strongest player. That's not a bad pick. Um, I'll say Madonna just because I do think they hide her talent very well. Her, her ability. Like, I think I read that she was supposed to be third base. But they're like, no, we're going to put you in the outfield mm-hmm. because she couldn't really master the infield. Don't know if that's true. Don't sue me. Um, but I do think they kind of, you don't really see much of her play outside of the slides. I think you see a few of the hits. So, yeah, but I, I would say Madonna just because of that. Uh, most realistic player. I, I think probably Gene Davis, honestly. Or really? She or Lori Petty. Yeah, um, I think they they pull, they're they're very heavily featured and they they pull it off well. Um, probably Laurie Petty more so than yeah. Gina Davis, but yeah, both of them do it very well. I agree. I had Laurie Petty. I also had Rosie O'Donnell because I think Rosie. I'm, I'm going to talk about Rosie for a second because I really love Rosie in this role. I the realism not just in play but also in how she talks during a game hmm. is that Rosie has she's kind of the Jimmy on the field where she's always saying stuff where it's like, okay, Ellen Sue, that was okay. Ellen Sue, like forget it. Like it's very much like she's this like self motivator on the field where I don't feel like those were lines that just feels like Rosie realistically playing this game as if it was real. So yeah, I would say Lori Petty cause I think the pitching, but I, I think Rosie captures like the realism of the actual, like, attitude on the field if that makes mm-hmm. sense uh so yeah uh i'm adding an award here we'll see if we keep it the beatrice straight award beatrice straight won best supporting actress for network in nine minutes the shortest amount an actor has put on been on screen and won an oscar uh so in this category the actor actress with limited scenes but kills it who do you give it to um it might be david strathairn in this uh, I, I just I really bought his his arc that that he that they give him. It's it's um, you really buy into that his character with only a couple of scenes. Yeah, I I really love uh, Strathairn hashtag goat. This movie might have caused my obsession with David Strathairn as an actor because I just think he, I love him in every role he does, every role that I've seen him yeah. in. Same. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's just he he is a phenomenal. Uh, supporting actor who doesn't you don't really see a lot of lead roles from but like phenomenal i think him him and francis mcdormand did a lot of theater together early on like the the 90s and 80s phenomenal actor love him i'll also give that any more thoughts on john lovitz a lot of people would say john lovitz deserved this role this this award john john lovitz plays john lovitz in everything that he's in and whether or not you're (laughs) into that good for you i'm not necessarily into that i i know that's what when you see john's love lovitz show up you know what you're in for you're in for john lovitz being john lovitz it doesn't matter if it's 1940 or, or 20, <laughs> 2019 
he's he's gonna be John Lovitz, and um, that was the that was a fine amount of John Lovitz for me. I was very happy to never see him for the rest of, the, and, and a little even though it wasn't even him, was a little disappointed to see his character show back up at the um, at the end. That's still to this day that confuses me because it's such a weird. So Marla, older Marla, comes up and is like. You see that, Ernie? That's the day you changed my life. I thought, okay, maybe she says Ernie. I always thought she said honey. And I was like, wait, did Marla marry John Lovitz's character? It was just a very weird exchange. But I think she says Ernie now that I think about it, not yeah, honey. Yeah. I did. I, just, I misheard it as honey until I realized that that was supposed to be John Lovitz. And then I was like, oh, okay, I get it now. But yeah. Because yeah, they, they go out of the way to tell you that Marla's husband is still alive. Um, yeah. So I was like, whoa, does she have an affair with John Lovitz's character? <laughs> Was that that's season two? Is that season two? Marla comes back and John Lovitz becomes the Rockford Peaches scout. And like Marla and him just like, hey, let's have fun. Joe Pesci X Factor Award. Uh, I'm going to give it to Madonna. Oh, I thought she was fantastic in this. I was I was I, I one of those things I hadn't revisited this in a long time. And I kind of remembered like, oh, it's just like some stunt casting. But she's great. She's she. she okay. And I, I'm not a not a Madonna fan. Just got to throw that out there as a as a as a musician as a public figure not a fan but she's she really like is it's one of those things where she is she, you you're watching it and she is may she's not and it's tough to do with, with that kind of stunt casting it's tough to people are always concerned that it's just going to be madonna it's going to be a bunch of 1940s baseball players and madonna and and she she completely dives into that role and and like we said is it's a really it's a really fun role as in the dynamic of the team and um and i think she kills it yeah well what? they're businessmen so no profit no what product are you talking? Wait a minute. Talking about and what am i supposed to do huh go back to taxi dancing 10 cents or some slop can sweat gin all over me i'm never doing that again so you go back there and you tell old rich mr chocolate man that he ain't closing me down where do you put tom hanks then uh tom hanks is there tom hanks wow. is there. you're not get, I, see i give him the x factor award i'm not nope. from it's me, a I'm little so. he's he's on 11 and i want 10 in this <laughs> well i'm giving i'm giving him purely for i still think maybe the most quotable line in sports some of all time with no crying in baseball i i i, I support you in that it's just not my, <laughs> it's not my call okay Thomas is going. Thomas is going with Donna. I'm going with Tom Hanks for the Joe Pesci X Factor Award. I think it's the first kind of real division we've had on the X Factor Award. Are you crying? No. Are you crying? Are you crying? There's no crying. There's no crying in baseball. Why don't you leave her alone, Jimmy? Oh, you zip it, Doris. Rogers Hornsby was my manager, and he called me a talking pile of pig shit. And that was when my parents drove all the way down from Michigan to see me play the game. And did I cry? No, no. No! No! And you know why? No. Because there's no crying in baseball. There's no crying in baseball! No crying! The Gene Hackman MVP Award. Gene Davis. Plain and simple. She, she, I mean, she she learned the baseball. She came in. Everyone else was, like, ba- doing, like, baseball training camp or whatever. She drops for, in for, last for minute. Knows knows the learns the baseball pulls it all off, and she even came in and had had made an attempt in the dubbing booth to um, to voice over <laughs> the the adult character of herself. Didn't do it well. I mean, she she's not to blame for that, but um, 
but uh yeah she's great june davis is is always fantastic and uh this is like like we've said whether intended or not this is her movie um whether it was meant to be a two-hander at any point uh it ended up being her movie and i think she owns it I, i'm gonna agree with you i am gonna throw out a nomination though and and steal steal a, a play out of your your playbook uh from last time with uh blue chips with doing ron shelton i'm gonna i'll say penny marshall should be yeah. kind of talked about with this so a lot of things it's just in terms of say women in film at this point in time penny marshall there's probably also i think amy heckerling and a couple other filmmakers that i'm blanking on at that point i think nancy myers was working but was not a director nor efron as we've discussed in the show before was up there working as a writer director penny you're taking she's become this she became this critically praised director for a lot of these kind of quote-unquote male movies with awakenings or big and a league of their own is kind of her her first female movie and so she has a lot riding on it it's also a baseball genre that is had at this point it's come at the tail end of the baseball kind of boom after field of dreams and major league and all that and it's kind of the only it's the only like non-male baseball movie and i think she had a lot on the line and really succeeded in making it work it is still the highest grossing baseball movie of all time unadjusted from inflation and adjusted from adjusted for inflation like it's so it's kind of it's a movie that's also kind of stood this test of time and i do think penny has something to do with that and i think too it was like kind of i don't think she really had a movie after this film that was as good if you're on rewatchables this is like this is their peak apex mountain apex mountain um don't sue us bill but it's just very much she like this is kind of it's not her highest grossing film, but also was the film that made her the first female director to have two movies that made over a hundred million in the U S. So yeah. Yeah. I'm going to throw that, that one out that. So I, I think it's between, it's her and Gina Davis. I do think Gina Davis, you're coming off post Delma and Louise, like, and I don't know if she real. I think after this too, like, uh, this is, I think this will, this and Thelma and Louise are two most memorable roles. And she won an Oscar and no one talks about that. So this kind of like, has to show the importance of her in this film this is probably top two talked about roles for her of her in career last chance any other performers or aspects of this film you want to mention no one cool nope i think we covered it shout out to gina davis she i know she has a bentonville film festival in arkansas had a, she had a lot of reunions at league of their own gina davis is also kind of pushing i think it's gina davis gina davis institute on gender and media uh, which looks at kind of the entertainment industry and the the to dramatically increase the presence of film characters in media. Yeah, I've, I've actually I was at an award show once where she was given the um, like the the kind of lifetime achievement award for it was a casting award show and and she came and accepted the lifetime achievement award for kind of shedding light on on the casting process for women and that sort of thing. Yeah, and so her film festival in Arkansas is kind of like a. a, a a um, branch off of that where they're trying to showcase films that show gender diversity, but also just diversity in general. And I think she, I've, I've read that it's the only film festival that guarantees film distribution. If you get accepted is the idea. So it'll be on VOD or something at some point uh, through the festival 
or release in theaters. I mean, actually release it in theaters of some kind. So you get some sort of limited release if you even get accepted into this film festival. Final questions. Yep. They're they're currently remaking A League of Their Own as an Amazon series with uh, Darcy Carden and Abby Jacobson from uh, Broad City and Darcy Carden from The Good Place, Abby Jacobson for Broad City. Ignore that, because I, I, I'm excited if they do it that, but ignore that. If you're casting this as a movie or a TV show, who do you cast? I've got this. You ready? I'm ready. You ready? Okay. Right into, from, coming soon to a theater near you, from writer-director Greta Gerwig. I knew you were going to say it. I knew it. <laughs> a League of Their Own, starring Saoirse Ronan as Dottie. Okay. Florence Pugh as Kit. It's just a little women cast. <laughs> Timothy Chalamet is Jimmy. Nope, 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 nope. <laughs> uh, what, what was Rosie O'Donnell's character? Doris. Doris. Beanie Feldstein is Doris. Okay. Ariana Grande as May. Okay. And Alden Ehrenreich as Jimmy. Okay. I, I don't hate that. I don't hate that at all. The only problem I have with the casting of Tom Hanks is he's a little old... I get that he's like he's playing up like but I, I think I want somebody a little younger to really get across that like he is in the prime of his life and he blew it. Um, the, ir- the irony of that statement is that Tom Hanks was worried about this role because he felt he was too young for it. Hmm. And, and they, it might be that he's playing it up to look bad like and they, they make him up to look bad. He put yeah. he put the weight on for it. But he, he does feel and I and I also like Babe Ruth was was a baseball star like, you know, it. it our idea of an athlete at that time period That's was changed. very different and people yeah. aged differently back then too. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I think someone, someone like all Aaron record could really like drive home that like this guy, this guy could be a, a huge baseball star. This guy could be B fighting in the war right now. And, and he blew it all um, at the, at the prime of his life. He's stuck doing something he, he hates at first. Those are some interesting choices. I, I, I have no alternatives. This is mainly a question for you a lot of the time because I just want to see what you would come up with. This that might be my new favorite movie if they made that. <laughs> that'd be incredible. Who's David Strathairn? Uh, all right, we're going going a little bit older with that. Honestly, give me David Strathairn. Give me <laughs> David Strathairn in the uh, Gary Marshall role. I, w- I would say that too. That's what I was gonna say. As Harvey. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And who's, who's like a who's who's a good David Strathairn? <laughs> a young David Strathairn. Like a solid character actor. I don't know. That's 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 uh, there, there's a lot of character actors I really love. Sam right now. Rockwell. Yeah, yeah, sure, absolutely. If he'd do it, yeah. Sam Rockwell as a, yeah, okay. I mean, I would. I can honestly. I mean, you might say a little bit too older, but I would. I would buy Sam Rockwell as a Jimmy, Jimmy as well. Yeah, he's yeah. got the athleticism for sure. Yeah, uh, and I think he has the sarcastic nature mm-hmm. that 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 Hanks has. Uh, does this movie fit into any other genre besides a baseball or sports movie? Yeah, I think it's a. I think it's like a, it's like a big buddy comedy. It, it's, you know, it's just about being friends and becoming friends and and a little bit of a coming of age. Not not like a coming of age, but you know, like a coming into yeah, a new yeah, era. Yeah. Like they're coming yeah. into independence. Um, kind of. You it's know. a shift. It's a mm-hmm. shift, and I think it's a shift in America, uh, a shift in the culture at that point. Uh, yeah, it's it's also just a it's a big traditional ensemble piece as well. It feels like. Okay, this is also kind of a hot topic in terms of the internet, uh, in terms of ranking of this movie. Because a lot of people 
it's weird. I see a lot of people rank this movie low. I've seen people rank it outside like top 15 baseball films, which I think is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Uh, and top 25 sports. How does this rank in both the sports genre and baseball genres? Uh, I mean, I can't do solid like, numbers, to. but it, I mean, it's, it's definitely in the top. Like if I'm, I'd say top 10 for sure. For sports? For sports. Yeah. Okay. Baseball top three. Yeah. I would. Yeah. This is again. This is my. This is my favorite. I don't know. Bull Durham. Let me go top five. Now that I'm a new Bull Durham convert, <laughs> I'll, I'll say top five for sure, for baseball. What? Well, uh, okay, because you're also a natural fan. Natural uh, and major league. You gotta. Okay. You gotta put major league in there. See, I. I want. It's been a while since I've watched major league. League of their own. It's a movie I, I weirdly actually probably watch once a year. It feels like. I don't know. Since watching it twice recently, I will watch it again the rest of the year. I don't want to watch the opening or closing of that movie again. <laughs> Mainly the opening. A closing, I'm okay with. Closing, I'm kind of okay with because I really like seeing the older actors that they've cast and everything. And I do like some of the Hall of Fame stuff, but I, the opening really, it, it hurts me. Mm. Uh, but it's up there for me. Any other thing? Was there any info I missed that I wanted to say? Side note about the league kind of the history of it this is a conversation that we could do for a while but we're not going to uh it, it ran for 12 years but the reason why they say it actually wasn't as unsuccessful as they portray in the movie people actually went and the reason why was because because it was in these midwestern towns that did not have access to baseball mm. uh te- there was no television at that point to watch a baseball game and a lot of the a lot of the reasons why the film the the show or the the league ended up folding not just because of the war and, and men coming back to play baseball. Baseball is still going on in the major leagues, but it was like they were filling the, the people with minor league players, retired players, high school players. It actually ended up a lot of minor league teams folded because of it. Um, but it was because of the rise of TV is that in in the early 50s, TV became a, a household thing and people now had ways to view the Chicago Cubs, the New York Yankees. So they weren't going off... To, out to see women play baseball for some reason Mm. and so ended up folding because of that because of the rise of television and then it ended up kind of being written out of history for a bit until a league of their own the movie and the documentary and then the 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 hall of fame that actually has i think i think uh uh a section for the all-american girls professional baseball league and they say is one of their most asked about exhibits at the hall of fame thomas i'm happy you joined and one yeah, talk, or was able to talk about it we, you were able to watch it fully for the first time ever so guys thank you so much for listening uh make sure you subscribe to us and have a podcast and spotify anywhere you listen to your podcast give us a rating review if you can follow us on facebook twitter instagram and uh am i missing one and medium where we're writing articles the hope is we have with with everything we've kind of had to pivot some stuff so we hopefully have some interesting stuff for you for may starting next week is the plan guys stay safe thomas thank you for coming on as always absolutely we hope you guys listen to more episodes soon 